Angela Hill got robbed again, but Roxanne is back to winning. With the fire selection and the fire reflection, this is fighting with myself. Oh, 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 fighting with myself. Oh, 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 yeah. Welcome to the Fighting with Myself podcast, the podcast for the above average MMA fan, hosted by an above average man. And I am that man. My name is Juice. We had a lot to cover today. Um, we are going to first wax poetic about UFC Vegas 10. I'm going to share some of the bigger stories that have come out of that, I feel. Some of the main talking points that I want to discuss with you guys. I'm also going to talk about some of the uh, things that have come up in the, in the news cycle recently in regards to MMA. Um, these are things that I would normally leave off. Um, these two specific things are... are uh, well, one more so than the other are, are things that I have said that I don't want to give a voice to. You know, my my platform isn't that large. I, I think it's sort of like big fish, little pond. Like I think in the MMA Twitter sphere, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, after we win, it's like whatever." But like it's fucking small as shit. So, um, and I and I know that, but I, at the same time, I'm in charge of it, and I don't want to put uh, energy into into these things. But I think these things are worthy of talking about um, right now. And then I'm, I'm hoping to not talk about them ever again. So um, that's where we're at with the news. And then the forum is, uh, we got a lot to talk about in the forum, actually. A lot of you guys sending a lot of stuff. A lot of you guys have been utilizing the FWM hotline, which is a new addition to my show. Shout out to Roy for creating that. Roy from Threadhead Media. Fucking love it. Fucking love Rory and Threadhead Media in general. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we're going to end with the forum actually this week and uh, we'll get there when we get there. But uh, those are the main chunks that I want to discuss today. But let's talk about these fights. So um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that I missed the first two fights. And normally it's very important to my prep to watch every single one of the fights. 90% of the time I watch them live. But if for some reason I'm like, I missed the first fight or two because I'm late running errands or what have you. Um, I watch them the next morning or later on that night before I go to bed. I watch all the fights. However, I've just been so busy. I was at work and uh, I think some people from my work listen to the podcast, so I can't um, discuss why I was at work and, and why I'm upset that I was at work, but it is what it is. And so I didn't get to watch all these fights, but I walked right in on um, Brian Barbarina's post-fight interview when he was like, all glory to God, all glory to God, all glory to God. And um, I made a tweet about that, which I won't reference because uh, it got some people upset. But just know that uh, I am of the belief that faith is a is a beautiful thing to have. Uh, it's not something I have necessarily, but uh, I never want to shame anyone for that. Um, but I am also of the belief that religion as a construct is um, a toxic thing and is run by corrupt people. Um, so whenever, for me, I mix them and I... I sometimes shouldn't because I I feel like when when that happens, people of faith think it's a target uh, you know towards them and they and they kind of get like, well you don't like you know it's not about that bro it's really not so um, shout out to anyone who who loved Jesus uh, anyway uh, that was the perfect time for me to walk in because then Brock Weaver versus Jalen Turner. Um, uh, was was kicking off and and I got, I just gotta say this like I want to give a platform to positivity. I want to talk about the positive things. A, 
This was at 165, which is a weight class that should exist that I have been a huge proponent of. I wrote a whole ass blog of, of the ways in which the UFC could make this division happen. Uh, you know, the reasons, well, not only the reasons why it's necessary, but how it would be done and, and the sort of semantics of it and just what they would need to do and why, and why they need to do it. And, and I'm, I'm very passionate about it. So when I said it was 165, obviously it's just a catchway. They didn't say 165 pound division. Um, so obviously it probably needs a name as well that they have to decide on. Um, a lot of times people have been saying like super lightweight or junior welterweight. Those are fucking boxing weight class na- uh, names. Although so are most, if not all of the other weight classes. So I guess I shouldn't bitch, but the names of our weight classes don't necessarily correlate to the boxing names. So I think that's at least fine. Um, Rhino's listening to this like, fuck you, Jews. Um, anyway, um, so I want I wanted to highlight that because this is a weight class that exists and and, and Jalen Turner looks fucking phenomenal. Like here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the promise uh that this young man has and and this the tools, how he trained with Showtime Pettis and um when Pettis was going back down to 155, uh Jalen Turner was making his debut at 170 and he was like, "Can you still make 55?" "No, stay your ass at 170." Like he he didn't want that smoke. He didn't want that smoke. So I was super fucking excited for Jalen Turner's debut. Bisping said he sparred with this guy in preparation for Luke Rockhold and Anderson Silva. Like the fucking guy has skills and he really really got to show them tonight. And I and I think that was due in large part to the weight class. It was just a perfect weight for him. Um, it was also a great stylistic matchup. I'm not uh, shying away from that, but, uh, I wanted to highlight Jalen Turner because what I'm about to do is bury Brock Weaver and, and that shouldn't take away from what Jalen did, uh, which was fucking phenomenal, you know, and it, the, the post, the post interview was wholesome as fuck. He was like, Bisping, how's your leg? I have a surgery. I have 200 tarantulas, which is way too many, uh, you know, just positive, positive things. And the guy he was in there is a massive fucking piece of shit. And I, I, I thought this was like a Greg Hardy thing where we all knew. And there are a few outliers who were like, well, I like him anyway. Fuck you. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I saw him on Twitter. is like, no, Brock Weaver's a piece of shit. But then there are just some people that were like, I don't know why he's a piece of shit. They're like, why are people hating on Brock Weaver? He's cool. I like his style. And they like legitimately didn't know what we found out. So I'll, I will give it to you uh, to the best of my ability. And uh, I've been sharing this thread all over Twitter um, uh, on fight night and and, and post fight uh, for anyone that needed to know. Uh, my my homie Yugi MMA at Yugi MMA um, made a great thread about it um, back in April when the news broke. Um, and, and so if you just, if you just go to Twitter, go to the search bar, type in at Yugi MMA and then space and then write Brock Weaver, you'll find this thread. It's like the fucking, the number one thing that pops up. He made a thread just fucking of all the receipts of this motherfucker. He had the video of the dogfight and that's, I guess I shouldn't have buried the lead. Um, the Brock Weaver was involved in dogfighting, which is fucking deplorable. I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking just like scum. And when he was questioned about it, and I understand when you're in that situation, people are fucking coming at you right and left. You know, you, you don't always act the best, but he kind of like doubled 
down, he doubled down on that shit. He was like, yeah, I'm the Mike Vick of MMA, what? And if you don't know who Mike Vick is, Google him. He was a quarterback who, uh, like, ran a fucking dogfight ring and was like, more so than Brock Weaver. Like, Brock Weaver looks like he just got into this, like, fucking did it quick or whatever. It was like, spontaneous because he doesn't give a fuck Mike Vick was like the R. Kelly of fucking dog rings like he had a whole operation or whatever uh, but anyway he I think he spent like five years in jail and then people were still excited for his comeback because sports fans are the fucking worst you guys are the worst um, I shouldn't say you guys well I hope it's not anyone listening to this podcast but anyway pieces of shit and um, so Jalen Turner was like pl- toying with him in there and I was just like yes like sometimes when uh, someone who is scummy like that gets a contract to to find a cage they don't always get their comeuppance because they are in the position they're in because they have skills that are marketable and and so forth and or or they're given matchups that are favorable to to make them look good and so uh, we're always like yeah fuck him and then it doesn't ever come to fruition this was like what we were waiting for jalen turner schooled him i mean it was absolute a fucking virtuoso performance he had the like pseudo walk-off uh knockout where he dropped him and uh brock weaver actually wasn't all the way out even though like if they were to call it like if jalen turner had just jumped on him like one or two follow-up shots they probably would have called it but because he thought it was a walk-off brock was like mostly there the ref was like no no keep fighting and then we had like a really awkward moment um where i was like oh my god if he fucking comes from behind um like what happened later with ed herman i was like oh fuck no we don't need this luckily he uh strangled the fuck out of him and um you love to see it i loved everything about this now i should mention um the aftermath and that is i think brock weaver should be cut from the ufc and I, I wanted to say this as well. This is not coming from a place of like wanting to take away someone's paycheck or, uh, you know, falling victim of like cancel culture or consequential culture or anything of that nature. Um, this is something I'm, I firmly believe in. And it, it, it does not come without uh, deliberation in my mind because when we were first introduced to Brock Weaver, he had an awesome performance on the contender series. And, um, we learned about about his story. He's native. Uh, he's Native American. He's very much. Uh, he wants to like be the like the guy that represents like Native Americans in the UFC. Like he's very much about that, and that was like so cool to me. I don't talk about this often because I'm mostly white, and um, whenever white people have like a little bit of something else, it's like not really fair to talk about because they're mostly white. Um, I'm one eighth Cherokee. And that's always something I'm just like really proud of because um, the reason I got the Cherokee blood is from my great, 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 great grandfather, Andrew Jackson, seventh president of the United States, most infamous for the Trail of Tears, devolved Cherokee people. So he clearly saw the error of his ways and married a Cherokee Indian woman, Af- Cherokee uh, Native American woman after um, all that happened. And so I'm part of that line. And um I'm just really proud of that. And so whenever there's a native fighter in the UFC, you know, I, I, I stand at least initially. And not only that, like he had a really fun interview with Ariel Wani. He just seemed like really fucking cool. And, uh, then this came out and then it's like, no, 
No, no, no. No, 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 no. You're done. You're fucking done. That's it. So, what I think should be next for Brock Weaver is uh, let him fight Mike Perry, loser leaves town, and um, let's not have a ref in there, if you know what I'm saying. I wrote down what I'm saying in my notes, and I'm looking at it, and if I say that, people are going to think I'm serious, which I kind of am, but not really. But yeah, let, let him fight without a ref. And um, one of them will leave. Um, so let's move on from that and let's focus on the winners. Oh, well, not just the winners, but you know, focus on more positive things. Moving forward, uh, the debut of Alexander Romanov was uh, awesome. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I was like, oh, super excited for Alexander Romanov. Watch his run on M1 or whatever the fuck. I'm not that guy. However, awesome fucking performance representing for us thick kings. My man's had thick legs and uh was just really uh out there letting it all hang out like the thick king he is and uh he was scheduled to debut against another thick king marcos rogerio de lima <laughs> i gotta stop saying thick king um and i want to say i think alexander benefited from that situation like not to to dampen the like celebration or whatever because I'm about to to celebrate this man a little bit but uh, I think Marcos Rogério de Lima is tougher like a lot tougher than the guy that he beat um, the gentleman from Guam Martinez um, that guy was like not in there bro and like no disrespect at all I mean I guess he <laughs> looked like dog shit and I say that in a nice way uh, Mick really loves that quote. I butchered it and paraphrased it, but um, yeah, no, uh, that guy was terrible. Uh, but Marcos Rogero de Lima has actually got skills and has won fights. Not that the guy has won, has won fights. The guy's won in the UFC, I meant to say. Um, de Lima has. And so I think that, that fight would have gone much differently. Also, like the Martinez had absolutely no ground game. Absolutely no ground game. So Romanov, and I tweeted this out, um, if you're an above average grappler in at heavyweight, it makes you a god. Like he was just having his way with that man, where it was just like, like basic mount escapes and sweeps and stuff would have saved him, I guess. Um, I know that's me, like armchair quarterbacking my with my fucking gut hanging out, like saying like, oh, he should have just gotten up or whatever bullshit. But like, l- lesser fighters are are the ones that succumb to those sort of things that Alexander was doing. And I don't think that's like audacious for me to say. Um, but anyways, I loved it. And when he was in Mount, first of all, his nickname is King Kong, which like whenever a fighter has a nickname, vanilla gorilla, and there are a few of them, it's so cringe, dude. It's like, Oh, this is a bit problematic. Number one. Plus also it's like super congratulatory. Um, but fucking, Uh, King Kong is like a mythical thing and he's like uh, a movie. So I just, I loved that. I thought that was like a great way to like say what you want to do, but not do it in a problematic way. And he was doing the fucking double hammer fist at the same time, like King Kong. I was like, yes, bro. Way to play into the gimmick in the fight. Like not many people can do that. So love him. He also looked like if you've ever seen, (laughs) this is funny. He looked like, (laughs) if you've ever seen the show Love on Netflix, he looked like, um, the friend uh, who 
who they he meets who's like a stuntman and who is also you probably have seen this he's that guy in the fucking progressive commercials it's like you become your dad and he's like run a jalapeno poppers for the boys he looked like that guy but on i wouldn't say on steroids because that sounds like i'm making claim but he looked like a jacked version of that guy uh so funny dude love alexander romanoff super excited to see where he goes from here and uh sejara i just noticed that my autocorrect on my laptop autocorrected sejara to cigar that's really funny sejara walking out to wop like first of all so much to unpack there when when the thing was happening i was like like, oh my god is this happening and i saw some people tweeting about it i was like oh this is happening and then of course you realize it's the radio edit and i'm like come on bro like i understand you know, ESPN is like a Disney-owned company, but let us have the fucking full thing. I want to hear the whole thing. I want to hear her saying, like, you fucking with some wet-ass pussy. Yeah, I love that song, bro. I, I can't get enough. I love hearing also the Ben Shapiro edits. Where he's like, what ass P-word? And they, like, do it to the beat. And he's like, certified freak. Seven days a week. What ass P-word? Make that pull-out game weak. <laughs> it's the best. That's what the version she should have fucking walked out to. Dude, it's like, if, oh, if you're going to make me do a radio edit, if we're going to do a radio edit of WAP, you're going to hear Ben Shapiro's ass. I'm like, I want to suck. I want to ride. <laughs> I do a Kegel while it's inside. <laughs> Swipe your nose like a credit card. I want to spit. I want to choke. I want you to touch that dangly thing that's swinging the back of my throat. Can you tell I really like WAP? I'm going to do... Uh, I decided I like, I like giving you guys spoilers because um, the people that listen deserve the spoilers. Um, I'm going to do the WAP song, uh, Assuming Izzy Wins. Now, I know that's a little bit audacious of me, um, but I have a song planned. The, some of you have already heard it, actually. Um, I know for about if you haven't, I just, you know, I can't share it with everybody. You know what I mean? Um uh, but I have a song planned for the week before. And then, you know, assuming as he wins, I'm going to sing WAP and make it like whack-ass Paolo. <laughs> whack-ass Paolo. Come on, that's funny as fuck. Even if you like Paolo Costa, it's funny as fuck. You fucking with a whack-ass Paolo. <laughs> and I have something planned. Don't worry, I have something else planned if he loses. But I don't want to put that energy out into the universe. So I haven't even started learning the song. Um, and, but, but just know that it's, it's just as like derogatory, not derogatory, but like it's a, it's as much a slam toward Izzy, which normally I wouldn't do, but I feel like I have to be fair if I'm supposing that he's going to win and doing WAP, then I have to do something as sort of like in that same vein, I guess. Um, anyway, so Sajara walked out to WAP and I was like, oh, come on, dude. And then she, she's fighting Julia Avila. Now you guys know from listening to the podcast, uh, Julia Avila has recently like skyrocketed to in my top 10 favorite fighters of all time, like skyrocketed. Um, I remember, uh, I think it was MMA fighting or someone, they announced her signing to the UFC from Invicta. And, um, I just, uh, checked out her Instagram, loved it. Like nickname was the ranging panda. I was like, that's all I need. Followed immediately. And then her UFC debut was just fire and the post fight talking about her coach with cancer. I was like, oh my God, I love you so much. And you're a geologist as well. Like, where do I sign up? And so that first round was like, 
Yeah, Sajara, get these fucking hands. Also, I'm a Sajara hater. You should know that. Um, I, I gained a lot more respect for her after this fight. Like, her skills are are really, really good. So, shout out to Sajara. But, you know, going into this was massive hater. Um, and I was like, fuck, yeah. First round, Julia Avila was killing it. Second round, oh, no, dude. She was in so much trouble. Avila is, was, that is, but... The fact that she didn't tap, and I know, like it's it sucks to focus on the the, the loser's toughness in a win like that. When 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 someone almost tap, you don't talk about the dominance of the winner. It's almost like, oh wow, she was tough as nails. But I I, I just want to highlight, like I was fucking nervous as shit. I thought she was gonna go out. I was like, oh no, she's not gonna tap. She's gonna go out. She she escaped that, and I was like, I have no idea how you are. Goddess Julia Avila, and I was I was gonna sing a fucking dude if she had won, like fuck everything else. Like I, I love the intro I just did with like you know Angela and Roxy because those are my faves. But um, there's a John Mayer song called um, something like Olivia, and during and like after that first round, I was already like thinking she was gonna win, and I was like something like Avila, and I was feeling it, dude. I was feeling it. Um, so I, I really wanted to do that. Um, and I didn't, so I'm really sad for that, but Hey, fight of the night. I was going to say, I know they didn't win fight of the night. Um, but this is the thing. Normalize multiple fight of the night bonuses, dude. Normalize giving them all the fucking backroom bonuses, but publicize that shit. Publicize that shit. Like DC just talked about how the UFC, Gave him a million dollars for his fights, even though he was only contractually obligated for like 300,000 or whatever. Or the first was like 80,000. Like, bro, publicize that shit. They should have said, hey, man, we give this guy a million dollars. They should have come out and said, you know what? We usually only give one fight of the night and that uh, has to go to Angel Hill and, and Michelle Watterson for for gritting it out. But uh, Julie Avila and Sajara Eubanks deserve it as well. They're getting another fucking fight of the night bonus. And then Dana White becomes fucking Dana Winfrey. And then he's like, you get a bonus. And you get a bonus. And you get a bonus. And all of a sudden, the fighters are like, yeah. Even though you don't provide us healthcare, yeah. Even though we have to wear a uniform and we can't give sponsors, yeah. Anyway, that's just how I feel about the situation. So fuck, dude. Like... That fight was hard to watch for my baby, you know, like, oh, oh, I love you, Julia. Like when she called Paul Felder poppy, I was like, to be Paul Felder right now. Anyway, uh, that's just between us. So uh, Billy Q killed a man, right? Like we all saw that he killed Kyle Nelson. Uh, Kyle Nelson woke up, you know, obviously he's not, you know, but he killed him initially with that. Uh, and that's all I have to say, really. Like, we know what Billy Q does. Like, he had that fucking amazing fight with Spike Carlisle, even though uh, I'm pretty sure I scored that for Spike. Um, that was a bit controversial. Anyway, it was a hell of a fucking fight. Oh, remember that time Spike Carlisle is a fucking anti-Semite? Oh, my God. Why can't these fighters be normal? Jesus. Um, I'm mostly sober, by the way. I don't know. I feel like you guys are probably wondering, what is Juice on? Uh, it's just, it's late. These late night editions of the podcast, I gotta say, uh, like I um, I always listen to um, my soul twin, uh, Ashley, the MMA nerd, and she's been doing like late night uh, podcasts recently. And I'm like, girl, I'm here for it. 
And that's what you guys are here for right now, this late night edition of FWM. You know, some, some people think FWM means fuck with me. Um, which it does. Like, obviously, that was existed before me. But I'm just saying, like, I never knew that and never made the connection. So, like, people think see my podcast and they're like, oh, it's like, fuck with me. I'm like, no, no, it, it's just an abbreviation of the name I happen to choose. It's an acronym. It's fighting with myself. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to think of something that's, like, late night, like, late night with FWM. Come on, baby. Pull up a chair. Light your candle. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Uh, yeah, so Billy Q killed a man. And that's all I really have to say about that. Like, that's not really a story to emerge. I'm I'm sticking, I'm trying to shy, shy away from or stray, stray from doing, like, just fight by fight recaps. But I had to give a shout out to Billy Q for, for absolutely murdering Kyle Nelson. Um, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Rhino. We had to talk, talk about this. Um, Kyle Nelson's his boy. But um, Bobby Green, I want to say, has turned back the clock and almost reinvented himself. And um, I want to talk about his performance, but before I do, I will be remiss if I didn't mention the uh, the tragedy he referenced in his post fight interview that they they put on the broadcast as well about the uh, Iranian wrestler who was murdered by the Iranian government. And I don't know enough about the situation to to go into it, and I won't go too in depth. I just know that he was, uh, you know, speaking out against injustices and things like that, and. You guys know that that's that's me, dude. Like that, I'm so for that, and I'm so passionate about you know people using their platform to do good. And and uh, you know, Bobby Green, I I, I don't watch the post up press conferences anymore, but I, I watched his and uh, the I want I don't want to call it clickbait because that's not like what the definition of clickbait is. Like, MMA fans need to learn what clickbait means. Like Fernanda Prachas had a whole fucking like thing about it where she did the definition and say people don't know what the fuck clickbait means and i'm like yes yeah, she's spitting facts but uh that's like every every time i listen to well actually i'm like yeah she's spitting facts anyway um a lot of the headlines or titles of these videos on youtube were like um bobby green gets em- emotional about uh not not i'm gonna butcher the name but the the, the wrestler they put the name like gets emotional about this and i'm like just say it's his post fight press conference like i just gotta have to say that but I'm not like hating too much. Well, I can already tell this is going to be a long episode, bro. It's going to be a really long episode. So you're welcome. Even though I'm cutting out the next week's fight preview. Um, so yeah, Bobby Green had an amazing performance. And I, I learned by, by listening to the post press conference, he was not a fan of his performance. He thought that he was like, maybe it's because he didn't finish him, but he said that he was like not pulling the trigger when he should have. And, you know, doing this and that. I'm like, bro, tell me one moment of that fight where Alain Patrick had success. Tell me one moment where he was doing anything that would be like considered anything in the eyes of the judges. That was Bobby Green all day. Um, I mean, it wasn't like he got absolutely destroyed. Like Alain Patrick was doing like good defensive stuff and things like that. But in terms of like, like Bobby Green was dictating the pace, dictating the position. Uh, it was just all fucking Bobby Green. And the man fought a month ago. Like he has just... Um, really taken advantage of this uh, pandemic situation and, uh, you know, made, uh, turned a negative into a positive and, and just reaped the benefits of it. And I, I really am happy to see it. I've been a fan of Bobby Green since the, since Bully Beatdown, you know, he made a guy quit. Uh, it was, I think he was the only one on the show to do that. Um, the fucking, 
guy was a loud talker and literally made a diss track on Bobby Green or just like, because they don't know the fighter until they get in there. And, and I think it was just like, whatever this fighter is, I'm going to beat him up. Whatever. <laughs> That's not even what he said, but it was like, it was generic anyway, but he made his track and the guy fucking quit after the grappling, uh, after the grappling round, because they, they would split it up. And he was like, that man is a weapon. <laughs> you love to see it. Bobby Green beat the shit out of that little kid. Yeah, dude. Uh, speaking of beating the shit out of, well, it wasn't, it was a it was a grown man, but Joe Schilling beat the shit out of this pervert on Instagram. And I have to shout out, I think it's um Jamie P. She reaps. Um she's killing on the timeline lately, by the way. Like she just had a tweet, it's like if you uh also eat animals, you can't call broccoli or PC or whatever. I was like, Yes. Anyway, um that's like me. Whenever I see anyone Jamie's tweets, I'm like, Yes. But uh she she shared the story of um when I say story, I mean literally Instagram story. She shared the link to his Instagram stories of Joe Schilling being the shit out of this guy who was at his gym and you just walked in to use the shower and he's just like a random like homeless guy or whatever. And he's like, yeah, sometimes like bumps in the showers, like whatever, but you still got to kick him out eventually. Um, so he waited until the end of the shower, but like people kept calling him, like, oh, he's in there. He's in there with a fucking dildo just like like sticking it up his ass. And he was like, bro, you can't do that in a fucking public shower. Are you kidding me? He beat the shit out of that guy. Oh my God, love to see it. Joe Schilling is a fucking uh, the best. <laughs> and so, yeah, Joe Schilling, where was I? Bobby Green? Oh yeah, dude, Bobby Green is gonna, um, he's gonna do big things in 2021. I can already feel it. Like he's gonna close about 2020 strong. I'm, I'm not skipping anything. I just feel like, I don't even think he's ranked yet because the 155 division is so stacked. But he, once he gets into those fucking rankings, he's gonna do work. You know what? This is so dumb like it rankings wise, but what about Bobby green versus Benil Darius? Like I don't fantasy match make often. I don't like to do that, but fucking tell me that doesn't get your dick hard a little bit. Bobby green and Benil Darius. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Oh, fucking a, uh, I'm canceled already. And then I wrote down a lot of different stuff about this next fight. And I, I want to, try and take it step by step as best I can, which is to say the Ed Herman versus Mike Rodriguez uh, situation. Now, your boy was uh, drunk on fight night and uh, was back and forth on Twitter. I missed uh, the initial, let's call it a non-nut shot, whatever body shot that dropped him. I just saw him on the ground covering up and then the ref uh, stepped aside and then gave at Herman time and I saw Ed Herman like grabbing his cup. Let me just tell you something. Chris Tyone ain't shit. Like Chris Tyone is one of my least favorite refs. I just feel he, he makes terrible call after terrible call after terrible call. And I, I made a statement. Uh, when I say statement, it was a tweet. You know, these are fucking not statements, but uh, I made I made a tweet that said, don't blame Ed, blame the ref. Uh, fuck Chris Tyone. And um, y'all kind of educated me on the situation. And I sort of realized that, there's a lot of blame to go around there and a lot of it does fall on ed you know i want to make that clear um he <laughs> said he didn't know whether or not he got hit in the nuts like you know bro come on dude like someone made a video of like asking their husband uh, i want to say it was um i think the account's name was like touchy feely's tattoos she has her like real name and face in the bio and stuff but like i can't remember it's like shailene i want to say anyways cool uh interactions and stuff so shout you out wherever you are but they made a video of like asking their husband 
like, hey, babe. May not be husband, I'm just a man anyways. It was like, hey, babe, you know if you got hit in the nuts, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ed Herman ain't shit. Uh, neither is Chris Ioni, though. Like, neither of them are shit. Um, like, bro, what the fuck was that? Um, but I wanted to sh- uh, shout out um, my homie um, Drew. That's at Drew, just Drew. And Drew is D-R-U. I'm talking to you. He's a better rapper than I am, but um, I almost started to do like something, and I was like, "No, I'm not gonna fucking make this and do a uh, flow." I did make a flow about um, one of uh, uh, my favorite like new people that I've been inter- interacting with lately, um, but I don't. I, it's not good. It's um, Easy's co-host because um, I saw his name. I was like, "Genesee, not Hennessy, Wanabi, Vanaki, and I mean, like, I just wanted this whole thing once, and I was like, "Shit, dude." Wow, you guys are getting raw, unfiltered, unplugged juice, and I don't know why. Uh, I think it's because I'm going to therapy lately. I've just been, like, sharing everything. So, yeah, uh, Chris Tony ain't shit. Ed Herman ain't shit. Oh, I didn't even say why I was shouting out Drew. I just shouted out Drew. Anyways, on that tweet, he said, I can't name three good refs right now. And I was like, oh, oh, he's right. Like, name three good refs right now that are... And, and I shouldn't, like... Someone said Jason Herzog. Cause, okay, so he said, I can't name three good refs. Someone was like, I can't even name one, which is like a little bit extreme. Um, and then someone said that, like, well, Jason Herzog. And I was like, uh, excuse me, sir. Jason Herzog let Anthony Smith take a hellacious beating, uh, even though he was handing him teeth. Sit down. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, but, like, people have an off night. Like Jason, And Jason Herzog actually owned up to it. Um, and, as well, Anthony Smith was like, no, nah, dude. I was glad you let me continue. So like, whatever, you know, Jason Herzog gets a pass. Um, he's good. Uh, Mike Beltran also pretty good. But uh, that, uh, mm, I was say Mark Smith, but he's uh, he's not like 100% on the nose like all the time. Like, uh, <laughs> I think Delilah calls him the snitch-ass ref because of fucking Spike Carlisle walking away after the 10-second clacker. And then he was like, you need to fight. <laughs> <laughs> snitch ass rap that's so funny to me um but I, I guess i did just name three technically but like i said mark smith is like you know half um but yeah as far as how that whole thing goes mike rodriguez should have got a, a fucking tko in, in that in that moment and the fact that herman recovered is like ugh, it's annoying as fuck like it should be a no contest, you know, at best because of the like what happened. You know what I mean? Like they, he should appeal that. Mike Rodriguez should one hundred percent appeal that. And I've said before that appeals um, are are mostly fruitless and that they rarely get overturned. But I think this one a has a good chance of getting overturned, and b even if it doesn't, more appeals need to take place because that's the only way they'll fucking get anywhere. Is if you know they start working. But, uh, you know, shout out to Mike Rodriguez for that uh, what should have been a TKO win. And shout out to Roxanne Mataferi. That wasn't even like a melody that exists. I just made that up. You guys, I feel like every Roxy fight, um, I'm, I'm always, you know, trying to hype her up, trying to get people hyped. This one, I saw everybody on the timeline so happy for her before and after. There was like a few people that are like, oh, I got KGB to win. There was some fucking cuck that I bookmarked his tweets who was like, um, oh, she's going to take an L, bro. 
Yeah, dunked on that fucking ass. But um, for the most part, um, everyone was, um, you know, rooting for Roxy. And uh, I have a lot of new, you know, followers and listeners who may not know why Roxanne Modafferi means a lot to me. And I'm not going to go into, you know, the full in-depth, but I will reference episode 16 of this podcast where I did go in-depth. Um, but I just want to say, um, you know, she's my favorite fighter of all time, and it is because she exemplifies everything that martial arts should be. And uh, she's so passionate about it. All she wants to do each fight is just show the new skills she's learned in camp. All she wants to do is show her new skills. And, um, you know, when I see Roxanne, she's just, she's a goddamn superhero. Like, I see myself when I'm in there. And it's like, it's an identity thing. Like when I first started watching MMA, there wasn't anyone who looked like me. Um, it was all like gods and just like these gritty, tough dudes or like super jacked, super lean, um, just like Greek godlike figures. And I watched, you know, season, I want to say 18 or 19 of tough, whatever the one Roxy was first in. And, uh, it took like a second for me to be like, I'm I'm a fan, and and it wasn't right away that she became my favorite. You know, I wouldn't say like I'm like that easy to like whatever, but right away was a fan, and then just watched all her fights and watched all these interviews, and I'm just like, God damn, I'm a fucking fan. Like this is my girl, and uh, you know she means a lot to me. So anytime anyone is like saying anything negative, like you're fucking booted from from my life, dude. And like, and people say that's petty or whatever, but like. Like, I like Angela Hill. If you say anything bad about Angela Hill, I just think you're probably dumb or ill-informed. Uh, I really love Molly McCann. Uh, like, really. Uh, and if you say anything bad about Molly McCann, uh, I just think you're dumb and not worth engaging. If you um, say anything bad about Roxy, I think you're a terrible person. You don't deserve my fucking interactions. So whenever, like, there's a situation, oh, just because I said something about a fighter, you like, fucking soft as baby shit, bro. Like, get fucked. First of all, um, but secondly, and Roxanne like doesn't curse, so if she's she's probably not listening. She doesn't listen anymore, but um, you know she's she's so important to me. So um, I, I just want to say for everyone that doesn't know yet, it's more than just a win. Like every time she wins, like my life is everything's right in the universe, you know. So um, to shout out to her and shout out to KGB for giving her a hell of a fight too. You know, I gotta say. Um, you know, a lot of people were referencing the uh, um, the stuff where her ex-boyfriend or ex-husband, her old coach, was like a Nazi. That guy was a fucking... She was in an abusive relationship. He beat the shit out of her and um, was doing very fucking toxic things. So I think she survived that. So I, I, I like Andrea Lee. I like, uh, you know, Andrea Lee a lot. I did not like the fucking anti-mask shit she was posting. So that was a little bit... Um, you know, uh, gratifying in that way. But as far as like that situation with Donnie and, and I think his name was Donnie or whatever, she gets a pass for that. Like that was a terrible relationship that she escaped. So, um, I'm, I'm proud of her for that. Moving on to the co-main, Opman Azitar, probably said that wrong. I think Azitar, Azitar, um, versus Kama Worthy. I'm not going to go into too much about this, uh, 
you know, Amin is a fucking scary individual. Uh, Kama Worthy is someone I was really looking forward to his ascension because he's kind of a vet that's finally getting a shot and he's been killing these young guns. Uh, so that was kind of hard to watch in that regard. But I want to say kudos to Herb Dean for the stoppage. I, I often bury Herb on this podcast. Um, and I've said also other complimentary things. It's not the first complimentary thing. And, you know, he certainly is, you know, was one of the best refs. And, um, you know, it's always good whenever he comes out uh, after the fact. But, um, yeah, dude. Um, I thought that stoppage was right on time. Not early, not late. Maybe a tad early if anything but but not late and like it was like right at the moment or or what i was gonna say maybe a, a tad late but not early i don't know because it was like right at the moment when i was like oh my god stop the fight it was when herb stopped it like i said it and he stopped it almost in the same breath so um like i don't think Kama took extra damage i thought he gave him chances to recover he was kind of doing that but Amin was fucking all over him uh great performance from from those guys and great performance from herb dean you know we gotta we gotta shout out these refs when they do a good job sometimes because we gotta you know it's worth mentioning it's a really hard job and angela hill won that shit i'm sorry dude like the fucking there's plenty of people online that are like you know oh it wasn't a robbery and i'm not saying it necessarily was you know it was a close fight but that doesn't mean angela hill didn't win that shit there was like oh michelle won stop crying no one is crying bro we're trying to advocate for change in our sport you know you know that was such a wild thing uh we need better judging we need more judging uh as far as more judges we need five judges in there minimum maybe not minimum <laughs> that may sound like i want 10 which would be fucking wild, but um, we need five judges in there. We need five judges, and um, we need a system that does not um, foster differences of opinion in that way, and that's such a such an extreme way. Like one judge had a forty nine forty six Watterson get fucked. You think Angela only won one of those rounds, bro? Hey, hey, she won those first two easy. Three and four, easy to Michelle. Fifth round, I had it for Ange. And if you had it for Watterson, and I like you, that's okay. But if you had it for Watterson, and I don't like you, hey, get fucked. I should just title this episode, Get Fucked, because <laughs> I've said it so much. Um, I, I usually come up with the titles at the end of the episode. Um, that's a little peel back the curtain shit. I'm thinking about starting a Patreon, by the way. But it's, I was just going to say this. <laughs> no, I'm not going to make that joke. It's going to be a really fucking deplorable joke. Um, but yeah, I am thinking about starting a Patreon to to bring in like a video aspect to this podcast. Because um, for some reason, you guys want to see my ugly face. And uh, I guess on that note, <laughs> we should... Uh, you know, and this segment, I, I do want to say that, um, yes, I'm biased, but I think everyone is biased and, and almost no one is willing to admit it. And, uh, bias exists even in the smallest form. And that, um, I don't think my bias influenced the, uh, scoring because that does happen. You know, when Roxy fought Lauren Murphy, I was like, I think Roxy won that. And, uh, my good friend Phil said, Juice, I love you, never change, but you're absolutely insane. And I said, well, I know that. Um, 
And uh, I feel like there was another fight where I scored like all the rounds for one person. They're like, what? You're fucking crazy. This one, I don't feel like that way because if that was the case, I would have been that motherfucker who was like 49, 46, but I would have had it for Ange. I know they, it was even going into the fifth. I had the fifth for Ange. Okay. And if, like I said, if I like you and you scored the fifth for Watterson, you're okay in my book. But if I don't like you, get fucked. That just kind of goes in general. Like if I don't like you, get fucked. I mean, and hey, I guess that's a, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, maybe get fucked is a good thing. Maybe you need to get fucked. Maybe you need, maybe you need to get fucked. Maybe you go a little, go a little crumb of, of fuck. I don't know. Uh, so wild this episode, man. But yeah, Angela Hill won that shit, and that's it, dude. Like it was, a, it was a fight of you know one of the best fights in of the year, really. And um, yeah, I, I want to end on um, a quick shout out, I guess, because I want to shout out the tr- uh, a tweet from my my homie Brandon the Truth. He was like, "Get that fucking women are boring, women hate fight shit off my timeline. Heavyweights are the ones that suck." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, you tell him." Well, here we are. I feel like I've ended this segment five times. Well, that's it. And then I add a little bit more. But no, this is uh, for real the end of the segment. Now let us take a quick break and uh, hear my mediocre rap skills. And then we'll go back to news. And we're back. All right, let's get into some news. So the first thing I want to talk about is the Nick Diaz comeback. Recently, um, Ero Hawani tweeted out and posted on his Instagram that um, Nick Diaz's manager <clears throat> had sent him a a little video of Nick training. Said he's doing a 14-week, or he just finished a 14-week test camp where he did like a diet regimen and got his weight down and just was training like he was training for a fight. And... The video was like basically just like him like posing and flexing. It was like four seconds long. Could have just been a fucking picture, but whatever. And they're like, Nick's coming back. He's got his eyes on the upcoming welterweight fights. Now, first of all, the upcoming welterweight fights are like in the top five. And this is my problem with the Diaz brothers is the, the delusion that they belong in, in the top five after like not fighting for years upon years upon years like. Get fucked, bro. I mean, first I want to sh- I want to shout out my homie uh, T Cross from the uh, Tea Time with T Cross podcast. I just finished his last episode today where he gave his thoughts on Nick Diaz, saying that Nick Diaz is his favorite fighter, and even he is like wary of the comeback. Um, you should listen to his thoughts on it because they're very valid. And uh, I was nodding my head with a lot of it. I was like, yeah. But here's how I feel about it: not interested, dude. And I say that from a place of love because I too like Nick Diaz. But I liked him back in the day. And you don't fight Anderson Silva in a weird-ass fight and then disappear. And I understand he got a five-year suspension from the NSAC when they were fucking corrupt as shit. And then he got that reduced. And it was this whole thing. But he could have come back. He could have been come back. And he didn't. And he just, he's been just in the club 24-7 and then went uh, to that interview with Ariel Hawani 
where he was like barely coherent, super sad, super made me um, not excited about him coming back. And so I hate these fucking fantasy matchups and people saying he should be like fighting the winner of like these top fights coming up. Like, bro, if you want him to come back, like I understand he's a draw and can and and we're not having crowds anymore. But it's like he can sell out of place, but if that's the case, like have him fight somebody. Or well, first of all, again, not interested in seeing him fight at all. I'll still watch. I'm not gonna. I'm not boycotting or anything, but like not gonna be super. Like yeah, let's kick his ass, Nick. Like whatever the fuck. No, have him fight. Um, I don't know, like like Carlos Condit in a rematch, like you know, one like another one of those like legendary kind of, uh, like old school rematch, like a Matt Brown, you know, like fight fight another guy like that where it's clearly not for rankings, uh, it's just for violence and entertainment. Like I don't need to see him against Colby Covington and get wrestle fucked into the ground. I don't need to see him against Tyron Woodley and possibly get knocked out. I don't need to see him get like dominated by Leon Edwards. I don't need any of that, bro. I would I would consider the GSP fight because everyone talks about that, how Nick Nick won, uh, which I disagree. Um, I also don't want to see GSP come back, though, in general. But I would see them fight each other, and that's just about it. Um. I thought I had more to say on this, but I guess just the overall theme is no. The overall theme is, hey, Nick, no. And the next thing I want to talk about is, this is what I said I never really want to give a platform to on this podcast, and that is uh, Conor McGregor and his uh, fuckery in the news. And... uh, course there are recent allegations that came out um of like sexual assault and where he's exposing himself um someone um someone said uh that it was because he was like running on a naked beach and so they considered that running naked on a beach and they considered that exposure and they were trying to get him he was in corsica apparently but he's been removed from he was going to be part of like a whole international sailing thing to like raise awareness for water safety. I think I guess some weird thing he's been removed from that because it was, it was involving like some like Monarch or something like that. And like, they've been fucking, they don't want to deal with him. The report that I read said it happened in a bar. So that's not anything that should be like, whatever, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like way too many allegations have come out at this point, and I, I've avoided talking about them in large part. And I just want to say, like, I'm fucking done with this guy and having him take up space in the headlines when he's not fucking fighting anymore. And there was someone who said, like, oh, I can't believe there are people who want this to be true about Connor. Like, he's the biggest star in our sport, and it's hard enough to convince people that MMA is good. Like, bro, it is what it is. It's either true or it's not. And uh, we're at a point in society where we got to start believing victims and people who are, you know, brave enough to come out. I was trying to think of the word for brave. Who are brave enough to, to come forward. Like, did you, did you watch that Evan Rachel Wood uh, testimony that came out with her against Marilyn Manson? It's fucking sickening and it's old, 
because she was traumatized. So anyone that comes forward deserves to be heard and not being like, oh, well, this bitch is probably lying. Like, oh, my God, people are so fucking so dumb. Conor McGregor is most likely a piece of shit. Even if the allegations are false, he's probably still mm, piece of shit. And I say that as someone who used to be a massive fan of his. And I've never shied away from that. It's not like I talk about it often, but uh, he got me into MMA again. Like I said, I, I was originally introduced to MMA with Bully Beatdown, but I didn't really follow the sport. It was just like sort of like those fighters and really just that show, I guess, and mayhem. And, uh, and then when I saw a video of Conor at a press conference, I was like, oh, dude, I'm in. And then like his fucking fighting style was like on point. I just loved everything about it. I watched the whole fucking buildup of every single fight. And then uh, right as soon as he fought Floyd, I'm like, I'm done with this fucking man. Like he's a piece of shit. And uh, that's where we're at, bro. He's a piece of shit. And I have no interest in entertaining any other like theories. At this point, like too much shit has come forward. We've seen the video of his fucking meth head side piece. Uh, we've seen the thing on the yacht, which may or may not be D. And after I'm starting to think, like, uh, one of the reasons I actually, like, cl- clung to some sort of potential innocence for him, and I, I don't say clung as if I, like, was trying to defend him or whatever, just a, like, a shred of hope, maybe, um, was that the fact that D was still with him and still, like, you know, she would be like, here's Connor Jr. with Daddy and, like, posting all these, like, selfies and stuff on Instagram. I'm like, well, D seems like a strong woman and that she would, you know, not fucking be, you know, she wouldn't tolerate that shit. But it's gotten to a point where, especially like thinking about it after watching the Ever Rachel Wood, you know, video, she's probably too scared to come out if, if that's happening. And, you know, maybe she's also in denial. That also could be true. It's really fucking sad, the whole thing. And the guy has said he's retired. Like, we don't usually talk about fighters that have retired after they retire. So let this motherfucker stop getting headlines. I'm done. I'm done talking about him, and I you will not hear him again on this podcast. I'll, of course, answer any questions in the forum about him. You know, any any question, unless it's, like, wild or ridiculous, I'm not, you know, I'm going to answer. But uh, I'm done talking about it on purpose. And with that, speaking of the forum, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived at the forum, Juice After Dark edition. I'm going to start things off the right way by... Playing a few voicemails. That's right. I said voicemails. Not voice messages from Anchor. As I mentioned earlier, we got an FWM hotline now. So I'm going to play a few voicemails on the podcast. Get used to it. Technical difficulties. What's up, GC? It's Toadie V. I'm looking for Amanda Hugging Kiss. Is there Amanda Hugging Kiss there? <laughs> uh, just calling to say you and Threadhead 
media just has to keep up the great work and all you know all y'all have a great weekend all right later so these are awesome uh thank you uh i want to say um <laughs> it's it's great these messages are actually like transcribed as well so i can like see what you guys say before i play it and i can't tell if the transcription is correct on this because i actually didn't know um the the beginning of it says what's up juicy it's toe tv and i don't know if that's correct or not so i want to shout you out properly whoever you are um make sure to do that because these ones actually don't have your names like the anchor ones do it's just your phone number i'm not going to read your phone number on the podcast come on who do you think i am <laughs> anyway so uh thank you for that prank and all Oh, this is a great one. Here, here we go. Ba, ba, da, ba. Hey, Juice. It's Gator. Uh, just thought I'd give this new hotline a call. Honestly, I don't really have a question or anything. I just want to tell you I think you're a super guy, and I hope you have a really good fucking week, and I think you deserve it. Congrats on the new move and everything, and looking forward to hearing from you. All right, buddy. Have a good rest of your week. Tell Kate and the cats I said hi, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, love you, Bubba. Bye. Gator about to make me cry. That was amazing. Thank you, Gator. Um, I did have a super good week for the most part. A little bit ruined at the end, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was really great, actually. <laughs> I had a few other ones. Here we go. This is from the homie type on my photo. Juice. Type on my photo here. Just inserting my question here on the new voicemail system. It's pretty rad. Good shit, man. Um, not really question, just I have to give mad props to our girl. You know, he's been supporting her. Not anything new. Roxanne Modiferi. Look good. Real good. Her stand-up just seems to get better every time she comes to the cage. And a lot of people don't want to be on the ground with her, which is understandable. But I think she did really good. I always like seeing her fight. Mad respect. Another one I wanted to talk about was that Billy Quintillo. Man, that guy is a murderer. Like, his stand-up is crisp. He's got power. Looked really good. You know, the Angela Hill fight, I was heartbroken. Wanted to see Angela win. Close fight, no robbery, but, you know, I would say Angela edged that fight. I thought she won rounds one, two, and five. You know, I, I really did, but that's what the problem is. Leaving it up to the judges, I hate that saying, but that's the problem with that. Hope you have a good day. Peace. Thank you so much, bro. This is an awesome message. We are on the same wavelength, dude. He didn't know, obviously, because I didn't record it uh, when he sent the message. 
I said Billy Quarantillo killed the guy. He said he was a murderer. So he fucking, him and I are on the same fucking wavelength right now. It's so funny. I want to read some of these, like, transcriptions. I don't know if this will be a thing with the voicemails, but uh, I think that they will be. Um, <laughs> um, he said, um, I was heartbroken. I mean, obviously he didn't say this. This is what the transcription thought he said. He said, I was heartbroken, wanted to see Angela Lynn close pipe. Oh, man, that was so funny. So funny. Thank you. Thank you, Type of My Photo. Go give him a follow at Type of My Photo. He's a great, great guy. And I think we have one more. Oh, this is only five seconds long. I haven't screened this. Fuck it. Juice Unplugged, baby. Let's go. Oh, that was literally nothing. I was like, why is there no transcript? Because there's nothing. Uh, well, you tried, uh, whoever you are. Uh, thank you, you know. All right, and that's the fucking the hotline. Uh, I played all of them, except for there was one for my wife that I thought was funny, but she didn't want me to play it. Um, other than that, I put them all. But in the future, these this is one that will be uh, screened because I feel like a, because there's not really a time limit on these, so they might be just way too fucking long for me to play. Or they might be, like, trolling or just, like, uh, like random fucking weird shit. Or it might be bad audio quality. So I might not play all of these. But like I said, I did play... Um, I did play all of them today. And then I got another voice submission from the homie Seth. Take it away. Hey, juicy baby, it's MMA Catfish. Hey, first off, I wanted to give props to Justine Kish. I know she lost, but at the beginning, held her hand up for that crowd noise, and I don't know if she just forgot that there wasn't a crowd or if it was on purpose, but man, she no-sold it like everything was fine, and there were people cheering. That was pretty dope. Also, fuck Brock Weaver. Moving on, Connor. You saw that. Oh, how dare they find me? Why can't you leave me alone? I'm retired. Fuck him. As pointed out by Alex Scafaldi on Twitter, the only way you saw that knows to show up on your yacht and test you, Connor, is because you self-reported your location, you fuck. On the other topic, seems like anytime he has legal trouble, he starts tweeting about a fight. Hence, line him up. So, I guess none of us should have been surprised by the recent news out of France. I guess there wasn't really a whole lot of question in there. Sorry, brah. Love you. Love you too, bro. And nothing to apologize for there. That was all facts. That was great. Um, as I mentioned before, I didn't see those early fights, so I didn't see the Justin Kish crowd moment. That is fucking hilarious. And uh, I, like I said, I didn't see it. So it could be the fact that she's like, you know, waving to the fans at home or whatever. Or just trying to like, because sometimes like I act like a crowd um, or certain things. Like whenever they read, whenever, whenever Bruce Buffer's announcing um, uh, like Roxy's name, I'm like, yeah, let's fucking go. You know, so like that could have been for, you know, the, the couple of fans that she has. Oh, my God, that was such shade. I didn't mean that. 
Oh man, this is really just a terrible episode. Um, yeah, uh, that was great, Seth. Like I said, never apologize for that. Um, and then before I get to the Twitter questions, did have some great um, anchor voice messages as well because those still work. Those are the um, that's the OG method, and um, I'm still gonna play these. So let's fucking go. What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Juice, all you juice heads. Hope everybody's doing well. Well, my question for you this week is, uh, Nick Diaz, you know, his name's floating around quite a bit last week or so. What do you think of the chances are him coming back? And if he does, who the fuck is he going to fight? Robbie Lawler or someone like that? You know, don't fucking listen to Ariel Hawaii, but just fucking... Woodley or fucking Covington winner. Fuck off. Fucking guy. Anyways, that's my question for you this week. Do you think Nick's coming back? And if he is, who the fuck's he fighting? It is what it is, kids. You know, it's always worth wanting. Peace. I love Jim Asun. I just have to say, I stand. Uh, you kind of already heard what I what I want from my, from my new segment, Jim. But uh, I didn't think about Robbie Lawler. That is, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind that. Not many of you may know this, but Nick Diaz knocked Robbie Lawler the fuck out when they were both kids in the UFC before the Strike Force days. So that would be an interesting fight to see. Uh, well, depending upon, um, like I said, if he comes back. Um, this is, again, another thing. Another reason why I don't want to talk about it is because we've we've talked about a Nick Diaz comeback before. And this actually feels like the closest it's ever been. But Things like this, like with Nick and GSP and other fighters coming back, it just feels like like buzz. It, it never comes to fruition. I, I just hate that shit. It's like, will they or won't they? Like, stop fucking trying to grab headlines from people who are actually doing work. You know what I mean? So if he fights, fine. You know, I will, I will watch for the most part, you know, but... Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not clamoring for him for him to come back. This is the comeback that no, like no one is asking for. What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Juice and all you fucking juice heads. Hope you're all doing well. All right. Look, I'm even listening to the fucking interview right now, Juice. All right. What's next for her? That's my question for you this week, Juice. What's next for Roxanne? I did not pick her because every time I pick Roxanne, she loses. So I did not pick her this week, even though I want her to win so bad. I did not pick her, and look at she wins. So trust me, next time she fights, I will not pick her, and she will win. As long as I don't pick her, she wins every time. We're golden. All right, buddy, what's next for her? That's my question for you this week. You know, it's always 420, kids. Peace. God bless you. Even just listen to the how... How from from one voice message to another, that was other one was sent earlier in the week. This one was obviously in the middle of the fights. Roxy's infectious like positivity was evident in, in Jim's voice. Like you could hear it. Oh man, I gotta love it. You know what's what's next for, for Roxy? I honestly don't know. Um 
maybe Jessica I. I think I said that before, and then Jessica got the uh, Calvillo fight. Jessica I was supposed to fight Andrade. Now I'm told that she's out of that fight, and Caitlin Chukagian stepped in. Props to Chukagian for that. Um, yeah, I really don't know um, who she should fight. Just someone, someone awesome who's chill and will uh, understand. By the way, if you guys didn't see this, Roxy made this hilarious video by, with the help of the hilarious uh, Jamie Kilstein. And uh, they made this video where he's like trying to coach her on trash talk, sort of. And she's like, I hope it's a great fight. <laughs> he's just like shaking his head and just like, oh no, like be more mean. It's so funny. And they even made a uh, like a reaction video where Andrea's like Andrea Lee was watching it, and she was like, "I can't stop laughing. It's so funny. It was so good. You guys gotta check it out. It's on Roxanne's Instagram, and it's like an IGTV because it's like you know the whole link. Which that's always like a little weird to me. I've thought about doing one of those, but I was like, what would I fucking even say? Uh, okay, so Roxanne, you know what? Why not? Uh, why not do the Sabina Mazo fight? Uh, who just who looked good. Um, I'm a fan of Sabina Mazo. I feel like she's she's nice and, and respectful. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I just want to see Roxy fight and win. That's all I want in, in life. And just 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 retire on a win streak. That's that's all I ask for. That's all I ask. If Oh, it's an Adele song. I, was, I thought it was from a musical for some reason. I was like, you guys won't get it. But no, it's it's fucking Adele. She know Adele. Even though she's wiling on Instagram with fucking Jamaica bra and braids in her hair. Like, what the fuck? Um, I have one from Yugi that I really wanted to play, but he sent out to play it. So I'm not going to play it. I shouldn't have mentioned it, but I just wanted to shout out Yugi. I already did earlier with the Brock Weaver tweet. But yo, check out um, my boy Yugi at Yugi MMA. And his podcast, I Poke MMA. Um, this is a really funny question that I can't wait to answer. Let's go. Hey, it's Pamela from Wholesome MMA. Um, I have a slightly different question because I miss Whaley and she's been posting more recently on Instagram. So I feel like it's kind of hinting at maybe they're finally going to book this fucking Rose Namunas fight with her because um, I want to see her fight. But how do you think that fight's going to go? Because Rose was not looking good in her last round with um, Andrade. And, like, Wiley is, I mean, I just, just tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think about Wiley because I just, I, I need a little Wiley back in my life again. Please. Oh, Pamela, 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 Pamela. We got beef. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I kind of hinted at that earlier um, when I saw your tweet about it and the question. But honestly, I love Zhang Weili. And if she's fighting anyone not named Rose Namajunas, I'm like fucking team Weili. But listen, Rose Namajunas, uh, super important to my happiness and um super just fucking i love rose i'm a super super fan of rose um my that's my wife's favorite fighter we love rose in this house this is a fucking rose and i household um 
And we were there for both the Yoana fights. Um, I understand that Zhang Weili had like a weird ass camp where she had to be quarantined because of COVID and was like, you know, jet lagged and all these things didn't have a proper camp. Rose knocked Yoana out and then proceeded to go the distance with her and and win a decision in their in their next fight. Now Zhang Weili and, and Yoana had the fight of the year. That shit was incredible. Um and Rose recently came back and fought Andrade in a rematch and some people would say she was fading in that third round like ah, personally dude like it was getting a little bit nervous. Like if, if if that fight had gone longer, I would have been worried. But guess what? It didn't. And Rose won. And she was still boxing on draws the fuck up. Uh, honestly, I think Rose's like range and uh you know, if it goes there, her grappling could be a problem for Whaley. And and yes, that's that's me being biased. But I don't give a fuck. Um Pam, Pamela and I have been on like the same page for like just about every fight. Um, so I'm super excited to have beef now. <laughs> yeah, fuck John Willie. Just kidding. No, I love John Willie, but we, Team Rose, if they fight, which they will fight. Um, it's Team Rose 100% in this house. 150%. And that's it for, for the voice questions. Now, I have a few DM questions I want to read. These are, these are pretty important questions and the first is uh my homie phil the mma dude co-host i almost said co-host what the fuck is that co-host of the split decision podcast um before i logged on i saw phil was was beefing with uh with the fucking booger or whatever the fuck hey hashtag i stand with phil and that's it okay um phil says my question for the show. I says, who next for Ottoman Azatar? Remember when Gregor Gillespie was a real live person? He needs to fight soon. I think him versus Azatar is the fight to make. Thoughts? Okay, first off, love that fight. Um, however, Gregor Gillespie, last I heard, the Kevin Lee head kick really fucked up his neck. And he's debating whether or not he can fight, I think, at this point. So I think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, he's taking necessary time off. My man got slept on national television. I'm always a fan of, like, people, when, when they get knocked out like that, they need to take a year off to heal their brain. That's why Stipe, you know, after the, the DC fights, he took time off to heal his brain. And... um and and that's why he was had the success he did. Like the first fight, you know, he had just been in a fucking war with Ngannou and took some big shots. So, so that shit matters. So I think Gregor needs to take uh, a lot of time off. Uh, as long as his neck healed, you know, if they book him in November, like that's fine. Um, but in terms of, you know, Ottoman next fight, um, I don't know, man. Like I like the... Uh, I like the idea of like him versus Mark Jacquesi, both strikers. I like to go at it. That would be a fun ass fucking fight. 
Um, like I said, I like the Benil Dariush fight. I mean, I said that about um, Bobby Green, but um, well, no, Benil Dariush is like higher in the ranks now. He needs to get someone higher up. I'd like this is why I can never do the rankings because they're such bullshit. Um, what about Ottoman Azatar versus like Davi Hamosh, something like that, like a fun uh, brawler guy who can grapple like fuck. That would be that would be an interesting fight. I'd love that actually. Yeah, dude. Thank you for the question, Phil. Such a good question. Go go follow Phil. He needs your follow. He's got like 20, only only twenty thousand. Just gonna love you, Phil. Um, but definitely follow him anyway. Um, this next question is from my homie Scott Nolan. He said, "I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Herman slash Rodriguez, crafty veteran, whatever it takes to win move." taking what the ref gives you, or intentional misleading move. By the way, that wasn't him saying any of those things. He was kind of presenting different options, like, what do I think of those? So just want to be clear. And he said, and if, if you've ever taken a groin shot, did you need video replay to confirm if it was, in fact, a groin strike? I'm salty over that one. Dude, yeah, like, that's the whole thing. Like I said, I missed that initially. I thought it was, like, just poor refing. And now in hindsight, that still is true, but it was also Ed really taking advantage of the situation. Like, really really taking advantage of the situation. And um, and that was a fucking piece of shit move. Now, uh, in terms of, like, how it played out, you know, it's hard for me not to, like... I'm trying to think how I would frame this. Like, if I was in that situation and they thought I had a groin shot and I was rocked... I would probably milk it too. Uh, but at the same time, I think I can sit here as a fan and, and you know, safely disparage him for, for doing, like I said, what I might do myself. This is why I don't think Anthony Smith gets enough credit for not taking that, um, that DQ uh, over John Jones in their title fight. Like a sane person would have been like, no, I can't continue. Give me that belt, homie. And Anthony did not because he's a fucking warrior. And I feel like that's sort of a toxic uh, term in our sport because it sort of celebrates what what could be viewed as bad decisions, like putting your health on the line and things like that. But I think Anthony deserves that. Um, that said, uh, Ed, Ed Herman, crafty veteran, more like fucking cheating piece of shit I don't, I don't know i don't know what to say that that's a little bit too harsh but yeah dude like that's not a crafty veteran move that's fucking taking advantage of the rules and basically cheating like that was just scum stuff that happened there you know but like i said there's blame to go around there is plenty of blame to go around the, the ref takes a good amount of that as well chris diani ain't shit dude Ugh, i'm just i'm mad at that whole situation All right, we finally are at the Twitter forum, and um, there's even uh, someone who sent a question to the Threadhead forum, which I, I'm super excited to read. But um, this is uh, my homie Yugi, who I said was going to send in a voice question, but he sent in a t Twitter question, which is uh, which is always great. He says, what do you think of fighters with extremely sketchy pasts being accepted into the UFC at a growing rate? 
I did a bit of research on Ottman Azatar and found some frightening shit. Even worse is that there's mixed sources, which usually means government interference or cases being sealed, etc. Do you think there should be some kind of background check or baseline for fighters? Surely a man who tried to set someone on fire, jumped an old man, and ruptured a girl's eardrum has no place in our sport. Thoughts? He's included a screenshot um, of some things which I'll happily read. It says, who is Atman Azatar? Atman Azatar was born in Cologne, Germany in 1990 to Moroccan immigrant parents. He attended the King Fahd Academy in Bonn, which was shut down in 2017. In his teenage years, Otman was plagued by a history of violence. In 2004, he served more than two years for, quote, attacking a businessman, threatening his life by dousing him in gasoline and stealing his Ferrari, according to a report by the German newspaper, KSTA. Otman was also accused of violently beating a man and assaulting his girlfriend, according to the same report. Ottman, however, found refuge in MMA as a way to steer clear of his criminal activities. He competed in several competitions, including Cage Warriors, KSW, and Absolute Championship Berkut, ACB, before signing with the UFC. This is a fucking lot to unpack, dude. Um, first of all, my stance on things like this is... No tolerance. Um, I'm going to need to do my own research as well to see what exactly was going on. But, you know, with regards to Amman, but in general, like shit like that is a bad look for us. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, I believe in second chances. But someone like it with the checkered pass like that and they're not talking about it is really fucking problematic in my opinion. Because A... It's giving the impression that like, you know, oh, get into fighting and it'll solve all your problems when that just really gives you an outlet to channel that sort of violent behavior. And that what that gives uh, is people that look at our sport as like human cockfighting and all this other shit that gives them a thing to point to and say, look, this is a sport for criminals. This is a sport for degenerates. And that's not what it is, dude. This is about martial arts and, and people bettering themselves. And this is a guy that just, like, fucking, oh, he's a scary individual. So, yeah, uh, that shit is wild. And thank you for bringing it to Lai Yugi. And I hope that everyone reads this and uh, listens to me talk about it, really. Even though I've basically just read what you said and said, yeah, that's that's terrible. But I, I do want to say, in terms of your question... Is that yeah? It seems to that it's getting alarming now. There was a fair amount of this in the beginning of MMA and the UFC, and uh, then when Dana came in, it seemed like they kind of cleaned it up a bit, and they were looking for people with like a more of an image and things like that. But it just shows to show like the the almighty dollar rules everything, and, and they don't give a fuck about their image anymore uh, as much as they used to. At least now that because they, they fought for acceptance and now that they have acceptance, like the sport is covered on like TMZ and other main outlets and, and sports center and they're, they're hosted on ESPN. It's almost like licensed to just run amok and, and sort of present it as a sport without what it, it is. Cause we often don't hear the history of a lot of like 
you know, NFL players or basketball players and stuff for like the big ones when it comes to light with MMA, we, we put them all under a mi a microscope because that's what fight fans are. We're passionate. We want to know that these are good people going at each other, or if they're deplorable people, we want to see them fucking get pounded into the canvas. Like we did with Brock Weaver. Like we care about our athletes in, in a way that other sports don't, I feel. And so this shit really matters and they should be talking about it. I want to hear Brendan Fitzgerald's ass being like, Oh, I'm in recently set fire to a Ferrari of a rich guy and beat the shit out of his girlfriend. I mean, of course that's assuming that they allow him to fight, you know, after that stuff comes to light. But bro, uh, I think what you're, what you're raising here as a talking point is very important. And I think that, yeah, people with, with sketchy past, like, I don't want to judge people for their past, but something like this, where it seems like he just sort of evaded all that shit and by getting into fighting, super suspect. And I think if, you know, like with Greg Hardy, um, one of my biggest issues with Greg Hardy is that he doesn't talk about it. And it, it just refuses to get brought up. And that's just unacceptable to me. I mean, the whole situation is unacceptable. Um, you know, so th there's that. But it, but just on the surface, like at least talk about it. He would blatantly ask and he dodged the question. And he said, we're not going to talk about that. You want to talk about my past? Let's talk about two Pro Bowls or whatever the fuck it is. He starts talking about his like football accolades. Like, fuck off. Get fucked, Greg Hardy. Get fucked. Get fucked by fucking Iganu. That, that, that was... Uh, probably not uh, good. <laughs> anyway, thank you for the question, Yugi. Um, next question is from D. Kronz, Daniel at D. Kronz. Uh, he says, I'm late. Hill one. Oh, Canada Croom looked great. Roosevelt is a bitch that was conspicuously missing from Twitter today. Bro, I thought that was confirmed that's a fake account. I don't think he's a bitch. Like, I think whatever account that is is a bitch. Uh, I think. I don't know. I hope, like, Roosevelt seems like a super cool guy. And uh, I like rooting for him a lot, actually. So definitely calm down a little bit. Uh, but if you're right, then maybe he is a bitch. But in terms of, like, that, I, like I said, I thought it was the account. Um, not him. Like I thought it was a fake account is what I'm saying. I think, I don't know, but yeah, Hill one. I agree. Yes. And he says, Rory and FWM pod, you're killing it. Thank you guy. You're the best. Next question is from Joe blogs at Joe blogs 74. He says, just want to know if you like a fighter, then finds out a few after I'm trying to do the Northern dialect. I'm terrible at it. Um, I've been listening to poorly read pod a lot lately. Um, this is a, it's a podcast where these two British uh, guys um, kind of dissect Harry Potter and they sometimes talk shit about it and they like uh, do like commentary on it. It's really funny. It's really uh, entertaining. It just makes me, it's silly as fuck. Like it's not great. And sometimes they laugh at their own jokes, which is mean you should never do, but like, it's really, it's really funny in general. Um, he said, just want to know if you like a fighter then find out after a few years of liking them that they have views or beliefs you disagree with outside of fighting. Do you still like that fighter? Like, I hate Connor, but love him as a fighter, and I like Watterson, but she's got a lot of hate lately. And this is an excellent question, Joe Bloggs, and I th I thank you for asking it, and I, I feel like I've answered a similar question, or I've just shared this thought anyway, but I will always share it. 
And my thoughts are this, you know, when it comes to someone having views or beliefs different than mine, there's a line, okay? And it's not just anything like, uh, for example, I have a belief that Angela Hill won that fight. If you believe Michelle Watterson uh, won, I will take it on board. I will say, why? Was it the fifth round? And if you say something dumb like she won all the rounds or you have her winning any of the first two, I will spit in your face. But if you say something like, yeah, man, it was even going into the fifth and I think we should just edge out the fifth, I will take it on board and say, agree to disagree. Um, but if it's something like, you know, dude, a lot of MMA fans are fucking transphobic and hey, miss me with that shit. If you are a transphobe or, uh, any sort of like any, any person who comes after the LGBTQ community in any way, get fucked. You know, that shit I don't fucking, uh, align with. And that's the thing. And, and, and there's a hard fucking line, dude. Like when it comes to things like that, like, like I vehemently support Black Lives Matter, and anyone that doesn't, I think, is 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 fucking suspect. And it's not about you know us versus them and politics and right versus left. It's about human lives and human rights. And when you're talking about that and you say it's political, and I and I say it's about human rights, like we don't have a difference of opinion. We have a difference of morality. Like wholesome MMA, Pamela, she nailed it with a tweet recently when when people shared the the little uh, press release or something that Justin Gaethje was going to speak with Trump, and everyone was like, "Oh, so now we got to engage you now? Oh, you guys are soft as shit. Oh, fuck you!" It's like it's not about who they vote for, bro. It's not about. Uh, their fiscal policy, you know, it's not about what they feel about taxing the rich. It's about the the inherent racism and just overall fuckery by by Trump and and that whole fucking situation. So yeah, if someone comes out and they and they support Trump in a, in a way that is more than just like oh well I I just like this and this and this. Hey man, get fucked. And that's it, bro. And that's it. Get fucked. And that's it. So, yeah, that's how I feel. And when it comes to the fighters, like you said, you know, uh, I was always a Michelle Watterson fan. Like, big Michelle Watterson. Well, not big, but, you know, I liked Michelle Watterson from Billy Beatdown. And I always, like, stand those fighters. Uh, when she commented on that Instagram post and was like, oh, we have a leader who this, this, and this. And I was like, Angie, punch her in the face. Which, by the way, is her job. And everyone's like, oh, so you wanted to do it? I was like, yeah, I want Angela to do her job all over Michelle Watterson's face. Get fucked. Um, and yeah, if you support Trump, fuck off. And I'm going to alienate a lot of people for that. Like, there are good people that listen to my podcast that I like who, who support Trump. And I'm not in any way attacking anybody. I'm just letting you know, this is where I stand. And it's not about, like, who you vote for. It's about human rights. It's about human fucking rights. And it's about a guy who says, I grabbed women by the pussy on national television and has multiple uh, sexual assault charges against him. So, fuck you and you. I can't even finish. I'm just so mad. So mad. Also, Joe Blog says, do you think refs should get replays after seeing Herman go down with a dick kick when he was kneed in the chest? Yeah, bro. This is the thing, dude. The replay is so easy. To institute, 
you could have a fucking guy like running a, a monitor on the side watching the replay and with it like linked to an earpiece uh, that the ref in the cage is wearing and say, hey, we need to stop this. Like fucking right away. The the difference in these in these fighters getting a like like that's half Mike Rodriguez's paycheck, and it's and it's on his record as well. And it's not like like my my boy Evaletti made a good point. It's not like MLB or or the NBA where their record like resets every season. Uh that's their permanent record. And now the history books will say you know if you're just looking at his record and you didn't watch the fight, it will say that Mike Rodriguez lost to Ed Herman, and. You know that that's at the end of the day all that matters, and that's why fucking Ed Herman did what he did, and that's why the that ref ain't shit. So, yeah, I believe in replays. I believe in fucking ref reform, defund the refs. Just kidding. <laughs> but no, like the whole the system is flawed. You know, we need more systems in place to fix things like that. Like we need gloves that protect against eye pokes. We need a fucking point deductions immediately. Um, the the replay should have showed that he didn't actually get kicked in the dick, like things like that, and 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 by the way, like the 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 cups I've seen them advertise the fighters that get sponsored, like the Diamond MMA brand or whatever, Diamond Cups or whatever. Like Kevin Lee wore one and had his brother kick him like flush, and he just like stood there with a the straight face. And I've seen similar videos like that. Like the, they, these cups are super strong. And I get if it grazes and pulls on it, like that's one thing. And that's hard. But like a lot of the times, I, I like these dick kicks are just like, whoa, dude. Like milking it. Like Oscar worthy performance. Next question is from, from my homie Trance LFC at LFC Trance. It says, after Roxy doing the job, what's next for her? Fucking calm down. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Um, honestly, uh, I had this question from Jim earlier and I didn't know how to answer it. It was just, uh, I feel like at this point she's fought everyone in the division that I think is is worthy of getting that fight. Um, I think if Pedro's still in the UFC, I'd, I would want to see that fight. Um, if Jessica Rose Clark was still at flyweight, I would like to see that fight, but she's at bantamweight. Uh, now, um, depending upon what happens, um, I wouldn't mind seeing Chukagian versus Roxy. That would be super interesting to me. Um, yeah, I actually really like the idea of that fight a lot. So let's hope that fight comes to fruition. I said earlier the Just Guy fight, uh, Just Guy kind of annoys me. And you think that, like, like sometimes when a fighter annoys me, like I want to see them get beat. I'm like my favorite fighters are like, yeah, I want to see them beat them up, but like I don't want to give them the shine. Like Roxy brings so much like positivity and and stuff like that. And I don't want to. I, I just I just don't I don't feel good about it with when it comes to this guy. But Caitlin Chikagian, I like I really like, and I feel like she'll be super respectful. Like when she called out Valentina, she was like, "You want to do a dance off?" And she like was like dancing in a, like a super white girl way. It was funny as hell. Um so yeah, thank you for your question. Fucking sound, lad. Uh, this next question is from Eric Sama underscore MMA, repping flowerchamps.com. 
He says, with the UFC scrapping the Poirier slash Ferguson fight, who is next for Tony after the Gaethje loss? And who's next for Dustin after the hooker win? You know what, uh, Eric? I have faith that this fight will come to fruition. I think, first of all, I was wrong to put it as the as the co-main or even on the same card as Habib versus Gaethje because this fight needs to be a main event. It needs to be five rounds, and that's the only fucking way to make this fight. I think it should have been the the week before or the week after uh, uh, headlining a fight night, you know? Or normalize fucking number one contender fights being five rounds, even if it's not a main event. I'm fine with it being on the same card if it's five rounds. I'll put it that way. But um, as far as you know that goes, I like don't even want to answer it because I, I want that fight to happen. It's the, only, it's the only one. The only other fight I would entertain for either of them would be like Charles Oliveira or something for, for Dustin Poirier maybe. Um, Tony maybe... Maybe a Kevin Lee rematch. I mean, that sounds wild. I think Kevin Kevin Lee is still in rehab. Um, that was probably a shit take, but um, I couldn't think of anything else. That lightweight division is so stacked. I just feel like the rankings shouldn't have as much weight as they do. Um, fuck it. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Tony versus Hooker. I know Hooker called him out. And again, uh, I still think the Dustin fight is the fight to make. Like, they got to save that fight. They got to figure that out, you know. But, um, yeah. Great question, though. And that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the end of... No, no, no. It does not bring us to the end of the forum. We have one more I lied because we have the one person who is a shining uh, beacon of hope and uh, and left a, um, a left a question on the Threadhead forum, which is uh, what I want to be the new um, home for the forum, but uh, you guys are resistant to change. And so it's been a slow, um, slow migration. But um, this question is from Braddy, um, a girl, Braddy MMA. And uh, she says, good evening, Mr. Juice. Hope life is pleasant. It is for the most part, even though I have to go to fucking work tomorrow. Um, she says, a question for the podcast I have. Oh, what are you saying? Like Yoda. <laughs> a question for the podcast I have. I love it. Love it. Never change. Um, she says, what's important for a fighter's walkout music according to you? Should it be something that gets the fighter hyped up or the crowd when there used to be crowd? Remember? <laughs> she says, or do you think it could be used to play mind games with the opponent in some way? Odd question maybe, but basically just do you have an opinion on the walkout music? Let me tell you something. This is one of my favorite questions. And I've gotten questions on walkout music before. And it's not like the first word this has ever been brought up, but this is like a specific way that it like frames exactly what I want to talk about. Like, I love the pageantry of of walkouts. I think it's such a lost art, and uh, a fighter sometimes just like whatever. Like there are some fighters, namely Juliana. Um, is it Juliana Pena? Um, I think it is Juliana Pena, the Venezuelan vixen. She lets Dana pick her walkout music. Like, don't fucking put your career in the hands of a thumb, of a human thumb. Like, no, you have to. And obviously he's the promoter, so he wants it to look good. He usually picks some good-ish music. But like, no, you have to fucking do this. Um, the funniest walkout story, though, and, and, and I wish, like, <laughs> I wish 
this um, had gone on is that Rory McDonald, I think it was Rory McDonald, changed his number and um, the person who was coordinating the, the walk of music in the UFC was texting his old number and the person that uh, got it, instead of saying wrong number, like he, they were like, hey, what's your walk of music? He would pick the most fucked up, like he picked the Katy Perry songs for him and stuff like that. Like <laughs> fucking did my man dirty. Um, and I thought that was so funny. And I wish that that had uh, kind of kept up just because that's be a fun joke. But no, in terms of like actually picking picking your song, first of all, like I'm the kind of person if I if I was a fighter or if I was a like manager that was in charge of the walk-up music for my fighter, um, well, no, maybe not that, but at least for myself, I would probably change it every fight. But as far as what I want as a fan, I like it when a fighter has the same walk of music. Like it's so consistent. Like Max has that song Hawaiian Kickboxer. Like it's so much a part of him. Like Chris Weidman has the Tom Petty song. Like I won't back down. It's so important. I feel like it should be all of those things you mentioned. It should be something to hype the fighter up. It should be something to hype the crowd up. And it should be something to play fucking mind games. Um, obviously, it, it, that's so hard to achieve. But but I hate when a fighter just is like, yeah, I picked this on because I like it. And yeah, you got to get fired up as well, but maybe put some fucking headphones on or whatever. You know what I mean? Like when Tyron Woodley walked out to that song from Selma and there's that moment where he's like, that's why in Ferguson we put our hands up and he puts the fist up. Oh, I got chills, dude. Oh my God. Go back and watch that. I want to say it's UC 228 when he fought Darren Till. Oh my God. Oh, that shit is fire. When goddamn, uh, and this is obviously a crowd thing, but it's so, so much, I feel like, uh, part of the fighter's personality as well. Whenever, um, Ashling Daly walked out to zombie in that arena in Dublin in 2014 and the whole fucking crowd, cause, cause even though it's like zombie, like the band, the cranberries, like they're from Limerick. Um, and so the, the Irish people went fucking nuts and it's like, it's in your head. Like they fucking went nuts. I went nuts. The whole thing was nuts. Nuts were everywhere. So yeah, I think walk-up music is super important. It's also important to to not just fucking pretend like you can't hear the song or whatever. Like, oh my god, when when Mayhem did the dream walkout with those like schoolgirls, uh, super iconic. Uh, fucking Izzy with the dance, probably best of all time. Uh, I got into an argument with, um, uh, Cerrone Noseblow, who used to, um, call into this podcast, uh, because I said that the Connor walkout to Sinead O'Connor was the best because it was live. And I still somewhat stand by that, but now I'm like such an Izzy fan that I'm like, yeah, dude, he was right from the beginning. Like the fucking, the Izzy one was the best. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mark Hunt, when he walked out with the Haka, whew chills like these are things that are super important um i thought someone else did a walk with a dance recently but that that was live it was just, like we heard about it and they never did it so that doesn't matter fuck them but yeah dude it's so important and i think um the mind games one is an underrated one as well like what was sajar trying to say when she played wop <laughs> My buddy Leo was texting me during that fight. He was like, I think she's saying WAP every time she lands a punch. <laughs> Which is fucking not true. But like, can you imagine if she's in there and like, WAP, WAP. <laughs> oh my God. Um, 
more of you need to follow Leo. He doesn't follow back because he's never on social media, but like just follow Leo. And then he doesn't post, so like why would you? But <laughs> just know him. Um Yeah. Um that's sort of where I'm at. Mostly, um, I think it should be about the crowd and the mind games. If I had to pick two of those, just because, like, yeah, it should hype you up. But some some fighters focus more on that, and and like the rest of it falls by the wayside. I think if you can also get hyped by it, because there's thing like the hyping the crowd up too will fucking hype you up. Um, but I also love comedic walkouts, like when uh, goddamn Tom Lawler walked out to like a prayer. Or when Taito Ivasa walked out to My Heart Will Go On. Yo. So funny. I love it. I love everything about it. Um, wasn't there a fighter once who walked out to that Informer song from Snow? The Informer. I feel like that was used. If not, it should. Um Roxy and I were actually talking about her um, walkout music for this fight. And I can't remember if they played the walkout, so I never got to find out. Um, she was going to use a song from Lucifer. Uh, and it was like, this is fucking perfect um, that they use in Lucifer Season 5. By the way, watch Lucifer Season 5. I mean, obviously watch the whole thing, but watch it so that you can watch Lucifer Season 5. I want to talk about it with you guys. Um, which actually kind of brings me to my next... Um, point that I'm going to talk about. So um, I've been thinking a lot about what uh, this podcast is to me. And um, it's a way for me to engage with um, other fight fans and just sort of talk about things I'm passionate about, you know, like um, defunding the police and fucking, you know, don't vote for Trump because he's a fucking terrible human being. Uh, like that sort of thing that I'll never stop talking about. Even if it, even if I lose half of my listeners, I will keep talking about that because fuck that, you know, I can't stay silent about that sort of thing. But, um, with that said, I also want to talk about, uh, things that are not MMA sometimes. So I don't know if that's, you know, going to be a rebranding or if that's going to be maybe just a Patreon thing, uh, because that is something I want to do. I want to, I want to get a Patreon going and, um, uh, I'm inspired by uh, some of my favorite podcasts that I want to shout out um, because uh, my boy Yugi uh, with iPoke MMA does a little entertainment section where he talks about uh, movies and, and shows that he's uh, watching, mostly shows and video games. And then I'll talk about music, the whole music section. I love it. dude. That's I love that section. And um, I, I love doing that. So I thought about doing, um, you know, and this is one that I felt like probably would alienate somebody, but I feel like I would tack it on the end. Um, is that I wanted to do, um, uh, I would talk about a, like a different Broadway musical each week and, um, I would do it in the style of, if you guys have ever heard, um, a podcast called Verbal Diorama, probably many of you have not, um, but she does movie reviews and it's another solo podcast. So it has to be a different format than most other podcasts, sort of like mine. And she goes into like the history of the movies and does trivia. And so, um, I just thought that that would be a cool format for me to use to break down musicals. And my wife is here. And I think she wants to say something. Hi, FWM. Your house elf would like to know if you could get the corn down for your lunch tomorrow, but also hi podcast. 
I didn't watch the fights. I'm sorry. I fell asleep. I did watch Roxy. Very important. And I did watch the fight before Roxy with the Stipe dupe. And I slept through Angela Hill, and that makes me like a dick. I'm a dick. I love her. And I, I hear it's very torn, and that many people think she won, which is similar to her last fight. Yes. So bitch is getting robbed. Yeah, bitch is getting robbed. But that's my um, input. Sorry for taking him. He hates when I do this, but unfortunately, I'm 4'11". <laughs> um, I don't hate it. You don't? I mean, I didn't think we'd be talking about corn on the podcast, but... K-O-R-N or C-O-R-N? <laughs> Either, I Can guess. Can I tell you this? I'll tell this to the podcast. One year for Christmas, I got a Britney Spears CD, or it was Christina Aguilera, I don't remember, and then a Corn CD. Yes. So, that's cool. Both iconic in their own way. Yes, very different ways. It was an odd Christmas. <laughs> it was an odd Christmas that year. I got Corn and B Spears. Sorry for interrupting. That's Okay. I'm not sure whether I'd edit this out or not, but no, we'll you see. No, you fucking keep this in. I'm fucking great. <laughs> you are great. No, I'm kidding. No, you, I you're the best. Your choice, but like, okay. They do like hearing from me. I'm they do. The Absolutely. You are the star. With myself. Yeah. I'm making a podcast called Fighting with My Mom, and I'm going to rip off every single intro Juice has done. <laughs> Just to show a competitive. I'm going to need to talk about this in therapy. <laughs> me too. I'm a therapist in my cats, though, so, you know. Right. Not as cool. Possibly better. But yes, hi everyone. We hope you're doing well. And if you're on the West Coast, I hope you're safe. The fires look really scary. Oh yeah, the fires are uh, horrendous. And if you're on the East Coast, I apologize anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But please be safe. We love you. Yes, we love you. Now pause this bitch and get me cone. One hour later. And we're back. Uh, update, there is no corn. So that was uh, just a lovely appearance by my wife. That uh, that was free. I mean, everything about this podcast is free, but I meant... Um, you know, I don't know what I meant. It's honestly, it's late. So uh, what I was in the middle of saying is that I wanted to do sort of you know, introduce some culture into this podcast and uh, talk about maybe like a new musical each week or a new show and do it in sort of in the style of verbal diorama uh, because I'm a big fan of her work. So if you like movies and everyone does, you should check them out. Um, I'm also inspired by my my friends that have movie podcasts, um, Tom and Alex with Movies After Work and John and Laura at Movies in Contemplation. So check those out as well. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know if, if anyone would be necessarily interested in that. So I thought I'd just maybe just cutting out the, the last segment entirely because the last segment of this podcast, I always, um, preview the fights, uh, that we're looking forward to the next week of fights. But honestly, especially lately, and maybe it is just because it's lately with COVID, I feel like all the fights are falling through or they're changing, uh, or, you know, they're, um, Typically, they're bantamweights, but they're fighting a featherweight, and I say the wrong weight class. It's just, it's not brought me joy. It has not brought me joy. It has just brought me um, anxiety, and I feel like I'm phoning it in. And I always um, want to be true to myself and, and true for you guys and not phone it in. And so the solution to that right now is just to not do it. 
Obviously, I'm looking forward to Covington versus Woodley next week, and I hope Woodley smashes the fuck out of him. But there are, you know, plenty of people um, who would rather just talk about the stylistic, you know, matchup and say, oh, Colby's going to smother him and all this other bullshit. And, um, you know, and have fun wearing your MAGA hats, you fucks. So there's that. Uh, anyways, um, I've already alienated way too many people than is necessary for this episode. And if you've gotten this far and you didn't turn off when I said fuck Trump, uh, I love you. Because if you can endure me saying that, either means you agree with me or um, you love me enough to keep going. And that is worth commending, I guess. So um, thank you to everyone who submitted uh, questions, whether it be via DM, via VM, voicemail. Um, with the new with the new hotline, um, shout out to to Brad MMA for participating in the Threadhead forum. Super important, love that. And um, and anyone who sent in Twitter questions of any kind, uh, your your feedback is is what makes this show great. Um, a reminder in case anyone uh, forgot, I do have merch on Redbubble.com. Is redbubble.com. You can probably just go on there and search fighting with myself, but the link is redbubble.com slash people slash fighting with myself. And uh, you will find me there. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FWM underscore pod. Um, I am not on social media as much recently because that has been um, super beneficial to my mental health. And so I'm sticking with that uh, because I also feel like I'm more real on on the podcast than i am on on social media and um i've I've realized over the past couple of years that mma fans just want to sort of be involved in like one big giant like chat room and just sort of like gossip and and bullshit and sometimes that's great and i love talking to you guys but sometimes it's really fucking draining and it's not something i want to always contribute to and um i am working at a job that sucks uh, all of my happiness so I can't also go on an app that sucks joy as well, you know, when I'm in a soul-sucking job. So I'm mostly going to be absent from Twitter during the week, but uh, feel free to check in. Like I said, whenever I'm absent from Twitter recently, it's been good. So the the check-ins are like, there's, they're much appreciated, but I also want you guys to not worry. You know, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, in a dark place or whatever. I'm in a better place when I'm off Twitter. So... Uh, much love to everybody and um, good night and good fights. <laughs>